It is the Nico and Chris Bears post-game wrap-up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. I'm Nico. And I'm Chris, and your Chicago Bears drop a close one, a real heartbreaker, 49-29 to to the Dallas Cowboys. Just a real tight game all around, you know what I mean? All, it was tit for tat every step of the way. All the phases of the game were on the field at certain points, and they did things that might have been good or might have been bad. The Bears were playing from behind every snap of this game, and they never possessed a lead. There was not any point where the lead was less than five points. There was a period where the Bears looked like they were going to do something, but it just it didn't pan out. Well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, as as something else bleeds in right now, but um, I think I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> I think what today's game shows is that great win against the Patriots. We're still behind on a lot of teams, and the Patriots are not a great team right now. Anyways, they, they you know they have a lot of issues. The fact that the Bears still went on the road and did what they could do against the Patriots is nothing to sneer at. And this week, there's a lot of people who are already on the oh, do got to get rid of this, got to get rid of that. Why do we trade Robert Quinn? Look, you can argue a million factors on why this game didn't go well. Just look across the way. Dallas is way more talented than the Bears are in a lot of phases. They have better skill position players. They have better defensive players. I mean, right now, they're a better built team, regardless of if they're going to win the playoffs. Now, it wasn't the end-all, be-all of the game, but we have to talk about this play. Justin Fields jumping over Micah Parsons after he picked up a fumble. Right. That That's just, yeah, it's, you he know. He was literally less than an inch away from accidentally tapping him, and he leapt as high and as hard as he could, and it led to a score. Micah Parsons picked that ball up and ran back for a touchdown. Right. I think, though, at that point, I don't think... I. I think their offense was still steamrolling the Bears' defense anyways. So even if he does stop him, all you do is you just delay the inevitable. But I still want to know what he was thinking. Yeah, you know, again, I think it's because A... Justin, we know you're listening. What was your thought process on that call? (laughs) I think part of it is just because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't play those plays. He doesn't doesn't play on, you know, he doesn't have that defensive mindset where he's got to stop the guy. He thinks the guy's down and that's good enough for him. You know, you're a quarterback. There's a, you know, there's gobs of other information that you've got to know. But also, I, I think it's common football knowledge that a defensive player has never given themselves up. Right, and they I mean, don't do it. You it was have a great, to make contact. It was a great play by Parsons because he technically got beat. He was behind the line of scrimmage, then comes back, gets the fumble, and returns it for a touchdown. He he did a lot of work on that one play. And like I said, I think that shows. And also, on that note, David Montgomery, how did he drop that? Ball? I don't know. I it just. It didn't even look like the defender never went up and hit it. It just he was know, ripping he was getting, his undershirt. He didn't touch the ball. I know, and, and Montgomery just did not have control of the ball. And he's, I I feel he's pretty sure handed. It's not a lot of times you hear that him fumble the ball. So very bizarre mistake on his part. But then uh, Justin Fields has to make that touch. You got to make the play, yeah. But I think if if. <sighs> They could have held him to a field goal. I understand it. It, it wouldn't have affected the outcome of the game. Right. Dallas I, was going to win this game. Yeah. I think that's the part. Yeah, like like you said, there's that one point where it felt like the Bears were finally going to get close. I think it was, what, 29-23 was the score, or 28-23. And it looked like, holy shit, they might pull something together here. But then the, the Cowboys had that drive, and while the Bears stopped him on the first two plays, then they just destroyed him for 20 yards. You know, um, Tony Pollard and uh, CeeDee Lamb, and 
I mean, look, I mean, it's not just those the two guys. The story of the game is that the Bears had no answer for this offense. They didn't because it wasn't just those two guys. It wasn't Prescott, Dak Prescott, and Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, Dalton Schultz and Hendershoot and, you know, other other receivers. Other guys got the ball. They spread the ball really well on that offense. And, you know, for a little bit, the Bears tried doing the same thing on offense, and it kind of worked. Montgomery, Herbert, Pettis. Mooney got a lot of touches. Cole Komet gets a touchdown. Nikhil Harry gets a touchdown today from Justin Fields. Justin Fields Nikhil rolled Harry of all people, folks. Nikhil, Nikhil Harry. Those were their four scores for the day. Yeah, I mean Harry Komet, and then Fields. Fields. Yeah, I think uh, was it two touchdown passes or three for? I think it was two today for Justin Fields. Yeah, two. Yeah, um, yeah, Fields with one run and Herbert with the other run, but. Nikhil Harry and uh, Cole Komet with uh, with reception touchdowns in the end zone. Yeah, I, I you know I give the Bears a little bit of credit here, even though the score is forty nine twenty nine. There's no point in that game where you ever saw a give up. Did they get beat? Fuck yeah, they got beat a lot. There's a lot of plays where they got destroyed. by twenty points to be exact. Right? No, but I mean. But they never gave up on themselves. And I, I think, uh, again, I, I, we mentioned it a lot in last week's episode. You know, in years past, the Bears would, you know, find ways not to come back and really just keep making mistake after mistake. This is a team in rebuild still. It's not just because they beat the Patriots all of a sudden they're on the they're on the hype train. Well, they're on the hype train in the playoffs, but they're not they're not making their way to the playoffs just yet. So there's a lot that can be done. Um, you could dissect this game a million ways to one. The fact is, is that this is a three and five team who's overachieved just a little bit, just a little bit. I like where I like where Justin Fields played for ninety nine point nine percent of the game. I liked his play today. It's it's kind of bizarre to say actually. I was impressed with the twenty point loss. I think uh, there were a lot of calls on first down where they just went for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a key Pettis drop that would have been a touchdown. And then yep. later on in the game, an Equinamia St. Brown drop that also should have been a touchdown. I mean, the, the, this team, it, it's not for lack of trying, is my point. No, the, the, the guys who are on the team that would have quit in years past, those are those are those guys are all gone. Those guys have been sent, you know, sent out of the door. And like you said, the Pettis touchdown, the one that he dropped, I like the way that was a first down play. I think I like the way Luke Getze made the call on that. Hey, let's just go for it. You know they're t- yeah, they're touching our, uh, you know they're 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 expecting our run game, which the run game of course was again really good today. So let's go deep, and they did. They tried it, and they. I think that's the one thing I I do kind of enjoy about this offense, even in these last few losses, is that they're willing to try stuff more. It, it doesn't feel conservative. The old lovey offense. Once they're down by forty, you can just pretty much be sure they're going to run the ball the rest right. of the game. In fact, if they were down by two scores in the second quarter, which this team was, the old Lovey Smith teams would be like, well, we already lost. What I have to say, um, watching this game, the Dallas offense went hurry up for more or less the first half, oh, and the yeah, Bears defense had no answer for that. Uh, the Dallas, it seemed like, or the Dallas offense, rather, their plays were scripted. They knew what they were going to do, and it feels like at least for that first half, they had contingency plays where Dak Prescott could call audibles and figure out what he was going to do. And this defense was just like, whoa, whoa. I think, I think. What do you mean you were going to pass instead of run? I can't believe this just happened. Right. I think, um, 
they adjusted pretty well in the second half. Not good enough to win the game, obviously. Right. And they had a couple of egregious plays. But the second half, again, you know, three or four huge missteps does not make up for an entire first half of where they just had no idea what was going on. Uh, four touchdowns, by the way, before the for the uh, Cowboys. Four touchdowns in the uh, first half. Yeah, I think they scored um, on every single one. Yeah. Dak Prescott. But they they were never down by less than two. Was what I was right. Yeah. No. No. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because Justin Fields had that three yard run in the first quarter, and right to start the second quarter, the uh, the uh, Cowboys countered. So yeah. No. No. That's a good point. The um the one thing I like. I said my argument on this loss is that I mean again the defense has tons and tons and tons of holes. And guys who played well last week didn't play well today. You know, Robert Quinn being traded, does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts a little bit. You don't have that veteran presence anymore. I, what, what do you think? They maybe allow only 40 points this week if Robert Quinn's playing? If the, the way the Cowboys are playing offense, I think what they saw is what the Bears were doing. And in last week's game, they saw what they did on last week's game. And I know and Dallas' offense is talented enough that they can mirror that. Right. We talked about this last week, that Dallas's front seven is just... Oh, they're, they're good. Awesome. They're very, very One good. One of the best in the league. Yeah. If not the best, to be honest. And, and again... It, it, we knew the Bears had their work cut out for them this week. And their offense is very good as well because, they again, they have a lot of talent on that team total. You know, it's just, you I, know... I mean, look at what Pollard did with Ezekiel Elliott out. Out, yeah. And he, did, he made a lot of stuff happen. So, I think... It's okay to sit back and, you know, it's okay to be mad, you know, be a little annoyed at the loss. But at the same time, this is a way better team. This this Dallas team came in, what, 5-1? and one? You know, oh, no, 6-1? 5-2. Uh, 5-2, and two. Five and two, okay. They're now 6-2 and two after 8. But, I mean, uh, you know, don't be mad that they won. I mean, they're a good team. No, be mad that they won. Well, I mean, be mad that the Bears lost the way they did. I think there was a couple plays where the Bears... I, I think obviously lack of talent, but there's also some effort. Uh, sometimes you just got to fall back into what already works, you know, and. And then huge mistakes on oh, They I mean, let Dallas walk on them during that first half. No, they did. I mean, but that's because they didn't have they didn't have a counter, and I mean, you know, there's no pressure built up from the front four, and but Dallas wasn't going to let them play that game anyways. They got rid of the ball quickly. They gave the ball to uh, Tony Pollard, and their offensive line did a lot of pushing. And that's you know, you, look, if you don't have a defensive line that can push back, you're not going to do much, especially against a team that has a lot of money built into their offense especially their offensive line. And, you know, as much as I, I don't like to give them credit, I mean, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy drew up a good game plan for their quarterback and for the rest of their team. They did what they had to do. You know, so I just kind of see the fundamentals being lost. You see the poor tackling. You see the chasing guys, missing assignments, blowing stuff up, uh, biting on a lot. being under the ball. The corners had a... Despite the interceptions, uh, or interception rather, right? Eddie Jackson had one. One. I think that also the way this defense works, you need that front four to really create a lot of pressure. And if you can't create pressure, I'm not talking about sacks. Sacks, uh, you know, in a sense, almost are a dime a dozen. If you can't consistently create pressure and force Dak Prescott to throw the ball when he doesn't want to, 
those cornerbacks are always going to look like shit. Because if he gets the time to stick around, and I mean, he's a veteran now. He's six years into his career, I think. five, Six, seven years into his career. He knows how to hold it still. He knows even in a collapsing pocket, he might have one or two more tenths of a second to put the ball where he really wants to put it. And that was pretty much a non-factor in this game, if we're being right. honest. Yeah, that, you that need front that. Front four had no pressure whatsoever. You need that front four to do more damage, to do more disruption. They couldn't. They couldn't pull it off. That's that's where the difference lies on the defensive side. I, I would say Prescott had all day, but he didn't need all day. He didn't. At no any point. No, because they, they they were drawing up plays. They knew where the holes in the defense were. I, I, like I said, I got to give a little credit to Mike McCarthy and his lunch. To <laughs> <laughs> But they really did a lot of work to make the offense run like it did. Now, when they play a team that's better, that had like like the Eagles, for example, they're going to struggle a lot harder to try to put points on the board. When you play a team like the Bears, who have a lot of issues on every level of their defense, who keep pulling guys, you know, you know, I know, and everybody keeps going, oh, this is the worst CT play ever. This is not a team right now. I hate. I I don't want to squash. The good feelings you had from New Orleans, New, uh, New England, sorry, for the New England game. That was a great game. You and I both loved watching Very that game. Impressive. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now here's the comeback to reality, and you got and not you and I. I don't think we have to account for that, but the come down to reality for for some fans who thought that maybe this was the beginning of something good. It still could be putting up almost thirty. This is the most the Cowboys have allowed on offense on defense all year. 29 points. So, yeah, maybe the Bears can't hang their head. Maybe the Bears can kind of hang their head on that. But at the same time, like, you put 30 on a defense that hasn't allowed that. Almost almost 30, sorry. You put 29 on a defense that hasn't allowed that all season long. That's pretty good. And this is an offense where the quarterback didn't have to throw for 200 yards again. Made nice, efficient plays. Nice, efficient throws when he needed to. Yet, and yet, I think that's still an improvement. I, I felt all season long, I mean, before the season started, I felt all season um, that this is a team that was going to start slow, and then you're going to see them start picking things up. And it's slowly but surely, Justin Fields, in the flash, in a flash of our eyes, I'd have to say, looks way more mature than Justin Fields, let's say, in game one or two this year. And, I, you know, he didn't look great in San Francisco. He didn't look great in Green Bay. You know, and the Texas game, the Giants game, he looked horrible. We're now in game what? Eight. Eight. It's been four games. Three and five. Yeah. For a team that doesn't have a bye until week fourteen. 14. And you know that's gotta be weighing on their minds heavily. Right. And I mean it's gonna weigh on the it's gonna weigh on fields because he's gonna today I think he took some of the better hits he took all se- all season. There's a lot of quarterback type plays I've seen from him. Threw the ball away on that and one. He down. finally had a couple yes. of smart throwaways. Yes, and I mean He's starting Something to mature. Something to keep in mind with Fields is you're not seeing a guy who had a veteran to learn from. No. To learn how the cadence of the game goes. <laughs> he barely had a coach. He had, he had one year. of the worst coaches with one of the worst veteran quarterbacks, possibly of all time, to try and learn the game and the game speed of the NFL from. Andy Dalton's a fucking statue. Right. And, and, and Nick Justin Foles, Fields, he's, he's, he's the polar opposite of that. Nick, right. he's a statue too. It, no, I'm he's just, a guy yeah. when faced with a sag, he'll just look at you and let you hit him. Right, and I mean, look at where Foles is at now, and look at where Dalton's at now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, they're they're, they're both back. Well, I think they're both backups still. Yeah, so Foles, Foles is he, he's Foles a backup in Indianapolis. Yeah, 
They started the rookie over him this week after they pulled Matt Ryan last week. Um, I think what we're seeing is, though, the maturity of Justin Fields. The offense is built a little bit. The offense is being called a little bit differently right now than it was weeks one through four or five. But I think what you're seeing is, like I said, I think you're seeing the growth. Justin Fields, like I said, take those first couple games. You see Justin Fields always going for the home run heat every single play when it's not working. And now... He's playing a little bit more. He's playing a little bit better, a little bit more mature. Like we said, the couple throwaways. Those are better quarterback plays. He did have a couple of plays where he opted to take the hit instead of stepping out of bounds or sliding. Right. That, that, that one, That's got to stop. One of those runs, he got the first and easily got the first. All he had to do was take the out of bounds. And then he stepped back in and went for another four or five yards. I appreciate the hustle mentality. I really do like that he wants to get this team in a position to win at all costs. But at the same time, Justin Fields could have a potential, you know, 10 to 15 more years in this league and hopefully with this team if he stops taking those hits because he took a vicious shot on that one. Yeah, he took he took some. Yeah, no, it's all year. It's all year. And, you know, he's 20. I want to say he's only 22. So he's really young. And I know a lot of people will say, well, like his body will heal a lot better. But, you know, you're getting hit by Matt Trucks. You know what I mean? She's coming at you at like a Lamborghini type speed. It's it's not it's not easy to just like shake off a lot of those hits after a while. I mean, Steve McNair, before he, you know, before he retired, you know, he didn't even on a even on a game where like he lost the game, you know, you show up for practice the next day. He didn't show up to practice. He was lying in bed for a day. His body couldn't take those hits anymore. And he's a guy that trucked dudes left and right. Cam Noon. I can't imagine what his body feels like. Because he used to tr- take on linebackers and, and defensive linemen all the time. D- Jay, Jay Cutler. Don't look too far. Jay Cutler would drop that shoulder and try to take out a guy. You know what I mean? You guys, we used to play tackle football for fun. And I took one hit like that from a guy who only played college football. Shout out to you, Chris Smith. I know you're not listening. I still think about that hit because I was woozy for two and a half Days after that, so he threw his uh, he threw his forearm up under my chin once, and I was just like, "Uh, what the fuck just happened?" Like it, it, it he hit me, but like he was it, like, y'all, "Y'all, my teeth hurt." Yeah, I know, I know. That's that's what happened to me too. And ugh. yeah, no, if someone stepped on my foot too. That was that was not that was a bad day. <laughs> Getting hit in football hurts. Yeah, it, it really hurts. hurts. <laughs> and when you get near concussed every single time you get hit, like Justin Fields often does, because quarter, or I mean, uh, defensive players are not scared to hit a quarterback like Fields in the head. We saw it today. And they for some finally reason, drew a roughing the passing yeah. call. And yeah, and it seems like refs are more willing to hold the flag on a player like Fields as well. I wonder why? Yeah, I. I I, as I tap the bottom of my chin, wherever it is. I just can't ponder the difference between somebody <laughs> yeah. like Justin Fields getting hit versus Aaron Rodgers in the National Football League. <laughs> I wonder what the big difference is. If there's some sort of maybe a jersey color related issue. <laughs> Wait, I think you said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. I did. Yeah, Fields, he got his block knocked off a couple times today. And you know, that's going to affect his play going forward. He went into the blue tent during commercial break, and he they did. didn't call attention to it. They did. I mean, I mean, Twitter They did. said it only when they came back. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the blue tent. He's fine. Tent, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think you can take some positives from today's game. And it's 
one, uh, this team doesn't give up. It, it's still, and I, and I know I keep pounding that message over and over again. This team does not give up on itself. But two, I, I, you're starting to see growth from Fields, growth from the offense a little bit. Now you're starting to get a couple more players back. You're getting Akeel Harry back. You know, it's starting to work. Um, so a little bit. And next week they have to play. Uh, oh, who do they play next week? It is the Dolphins. Dolphins in Chicago. So they, you know, they finally get a home game. You know, and look, the Dolphins had some struggles today against the Lions. Maybe the Bears have a chance next week. You know what I mean? The next two are very winnable. We got the Dolphins. And then Detroit. And yeah, Detroit. And I mean so there's a lot there's a lot of negative to, to keep focused on. And you know, and I don't want to live in the moral victory game, but like it's okay that they had it's okay that the trouble that they had today was the trouble they had today. Because if you grow from it, if you learn from it, if you build a better team in the next year or two, you know, either people will look at this game as a turning point you know the the the, pa- the Patriots game, the way they played against the Cowboys. You either look at this time of the year as a turning point, or we just forget about it because it never grew into the potential we had hoped for, right? I think that's the best way best way to lay it out. That being said, Dallas is a playoff bound team, right? But we, they we all, both but, know New England is not going to the fucking playoffs, right? But we both, but we knew that. I think you know. I think it's fair to say you knew that. Um, like I, I think more to the point of what we're talking about for them to even try to hang into this game, despite so fucking bad. But that's yeah, they got this O line is banged up. Yeah, this has to be talked about. This team stands no chance with that O line in the shape of the way it is. But you know, as part of the Robert Quinn thing. We're talking about a team with $120 million of cap next year. That Maybe next year? Nine draft and picks. I'm, I'm not trying to shit this team away immediately, nope. but next year? My God. Like you said, nine draft picks, $120 million of cap. This O-line could be a fucking tank. Right. Next year? I mean, next Fields year. might not get a sack next year. Who the yeah. fuck knows? Who knows, yeah. I'm, I'm being overtly positive, of course, but my God. Yeah, I mean, think about... Think about the potential. Think about if, you know, let's say they keep a couple guys from there. Think about if Byron Pringle and, and Dante Pettis or Equinamia St. Brown are your fourth or fifth best wide receiving options, as opposed to your second or third best options. That's the kind of... I'd love to see Mooney develop into the player that we all thought Allen Robinson was going to be. He had a couple good catches, though. Because Mooney, he's fucking sick. He had a couple good catches today, I thought. I thought him and Fields found each other. They drew up some routes to where they could make it work. Look, it, it's going to it's gonna slowly. Remember, New York. Demon is still a solid WR. I mean, uh, running back <laughs> one. We cannot forget that. Yeah, no, he is. Him and Khalil Herbert are a great one-two punch. They really are. They could eventually be the Elliot and uh, whatever the fuck the backup's name was. Tony Pollard. And smoked us <laughs> Elliot Pollard, yeah. I, look, Tony Pollard. Tony, what I Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott. Ezekiel Elliot Pollard. Pollard. <laughs> Sorry, Tony Pollard. Sorry, guy. Uh, yeah, Pollard, if you're listening, if you want to call in and shame us for that, feel free. Yeah. That's uh, at NNC Bears Cast on Twitter. That's uh, Tony Pollard, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, you know, you look to, you know, again... You got to nail all those draft picks, or most of your draft picks. You got to nail your free agent acquisitions as well. But right now, 
to still be within. They have two fourth round picks on the uh, the Robert Quinn trade, right? Right, and I think they have two later round picks as well. I think they're. What if those were six- both starting offensive linemen? Just think about that, folks. Right, or what? You know, the first round, everybody goes for Flash. Right, I mean, and that's where all the good players are. You know, is in that. Well, well, that's where all your. What's the best way to say? It? That's where all your your hopefully your elite players are already in the first round for you. <clears throat> right. If if they're they're scouted properly, if they're talked about properly. But like you said, fourth rounders. Here's what every dipshit know nothing football fan is going to tell you: uh, the Patriots drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. <laughs> yes, because that is a metric we should be. Yeah, the one time that's ever worked, every team should aspire to only draft their best players in the sixth round. Uh, Ryan Poles trades all the Bears picks for nothing but sixth rounders. What's your uh, thought about this? Well, that's where they drafted Tom Brady. They so had I think thirteen sixth round picks. We're just going to draft thirteen quarterbacks because uh, that's where Tom Brady was drafted. You know, that's like a one in a million, maybe even a billion shot. David Montgomery to the Rams for three sixth-round picks. <laughs> I traded everything for six-round picks, Justin. Dude, I need help. Don't worry. We're going to get a bunch of quarterbacks in here. It's going to be awesome. Well, Justin feels that for David. Like, <sighs> well, yeah, because he won't be able to speak anymore. Uh <laughs> I really, I really don't even like to joke around about that. Like they let him get hit so much. Well, it's not they. It's, it's not like it's no one's serving. Not like anyone's I, letting I, him. I, get I know hit. the O line isn't like, oh man, you don't know, be great as if Justin Fields got fucking clobbered. Yeah, unless like they're all like, unless they're all letting. Car- but they don't have options. Well, no, because they, they, you know, a they didn't build enough, and b they had so much bad money and bad contracts that they still owed guys who don't even play on this team anymore. That's why That's I was mad problem. about the Khalil Mack trade for like a second, and then you pointed out how much money they saved getting rid of him, and I was like, okay, right. Considering he was widely ineffectual, right? But I and mean, look at where he's at right now on a Chargers team that's just as bad as the Bears right now, record wise. I would rather have Matt Eberflus be my coach than uh, I forgot they were Brandon an NFL Staley. team. At least people are talking about Justin Fields. Yeah, two weeks. I mean, you watch watch some of the narratives this week change. Look, four weeks ago, a lot of a lot of guys who like to yell for no reason were calling out Justin Fields, saying he's holding the Bears back. And you watch these last two weeks, people are going to change their tune on it. I'm telling you, we I'm seeing something. I'm not saying I'm Mister NFL expert. I don't know what I'm watching. He looks a lot better these last two three weeks than. Then and that's a good thing. And let me just say, from the perspective of a Cowboys fan, this is a game the Cowboys were expected to win, right? And nothing was going to change. They covered the over. (laughs) It was ten points. Not that we gamble on the show. No, we don't condone gambling or endorse gambling. By the way, the Powerball is going to be over a billion Monday. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I didn't hit any numbers (laughs) on yesterday's draw. But the fact that at one point the Bears even hung in there is going to speak to their longevity as a team during what everybody acknowledges is going to be a rebuild year. Even the announcing team was like, yeah, this is what you expect when you're putting a team together to eventually compete. That's a great point, actually. And I I, I like that you brought that up because it's not... Well, thank you. I, I know I want to. This ha- is the Nico likes what Chris said moment. Brought to you by Old Style, the only beer Croizen established 1902. <laughs> I know I like what you had to say on that because really, you know, like you said, a team that doesn't give on give up on each other, a team that has right now a coaching staff that has the players eating out of their hands, that has the players. You know, basically believing in what they say. Like, hey, if you do it this way, watch. You'll find success in it. And they are finding success, whether it's in the macro or the micro. 
They're finding success in parts of this game. That's going to show up to guys who want to come here and maybe attract a certain type of football player that wants to be here, wants to be with the Bears. Maybe a guy that doesn't give up on everything. A guy that wants to play that hard for a coach like that, for a teammate like that's next to him that's doing the same thing. That speaks leaps and bounds as well. You know what I mean? I think that attracts people from the outside. I think it gets people to notice, well, what are the Bears doing now? You know, what are the Bears doing to stay afloat? And it's like, oh, they have this coach. They have this, this. They have this, that. They have a good coaching staff. They have a they have a good general manager there. You know, you build on these things. Again, sustained success is what Ryan Poles keeps preaching over and over. That's why they traded Robert Quinn. But you didn't have nine draft picks coming <laughs> coming into this year before. Right. You, know, you didn't have $120 million in free agency money to spend. These are things, these are tools you can use to build up your future again you got to hit on a lot of draft picks you got to hit on a lot of free agents but you're also having to sell your franchise to people who are not part of it right now and this is something i want to touch on it is time for ryan poles and matt eberflus to stop selling potential free agents on you want to play for one of the most storied franchises in NFL, no, no, that in NFL history. you want to sell them on this is a team that's ready to fucking win some goddamn football i think those two that's how they are going to sell it that's what you're seeing on I the field right now yeah i don't think they're trying to sell it like Even in years th- past today was a huge loss right and they still were like, hey, we're going to keep playing the game of football. We're going to try to win this fucking football game. We're going to go for two-point conversion, even though it hasn't worked at all all season. We're going to give our guys a chance to try to win this. And you put This you, is a team that has a year to figure this out. I Not mean, more than a year, but this they can, tr- they can fail miserably, but on a grandiose scale this year. I, we, I said earlier, earlier this year, one of the earlier episodes, I said fail big. You did. If you're willing to fail big, but still give your guys a chance, still put the ball in their hands and the trust on them to make those plays, that speaks a lot to not just the locker room, to people outside the locker room too. Yeah, okay, you failed, but at least you tried. You know, don't don't try to don't try to lawyer ball this. You know what I mean? I, I think. It's in a way, it's a weird moral victory for the Bears. I'm not gonna, right. you know. That's why I was so pumped on the two point conversions, even though they both lost. Like this right. is a team down two scores that was like, hey, let's go for two. I liked when they made the inter- when Eddie Jackson made the interception first play. They went for it right to Dante Pettis in the end zone. Mm-hmm. They said, let's stretch the field. Let's make it. Let's keep these guys honest. Good. That's what NFL teams do. That's what that's what competent NFL teams are supposed to do. Right. So you- and they're finally playing fast. Yeah. That's yeah. something we did not... Which, that was his whole thing. It was supposed to be built on speed and route and timing. No, there's a lot to digest, a lot to swallow in these last two games. You know, good, bad. But I think right now, at 3-5, and five, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the Bears are in a decent position as far as a team goes. Record, standings, blah, it's all bullshit. But as far as the team's concerned... Marginal Bears, loss today. Yeah, but every sign has been encouraging. Yeah. That's a big deal. Right. Valus Jones had a couple good carries. Didn't drop the He's ball. improving. Yes. I, I ragged on him pretty hard. We all did. We all did. But you, you see the growth. You see the growth in the team on the field over and over again. There's a lot to be. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to build on, though. And so that's, you know, there's a lot of foundation to build. I think they're starting to lay that foundation, though. It's a step-by-step process. 
I hate to look forward to next year and be like, next year is when we're going to be great. Because I don't, I, no one should have to wait that long, but you might have to. But for now, keep listening. Back. Speaking of next week, Miami Dolphins. Uh, that's an injury-riddled squad. Uh, Tua should not be playing football right now. And probably the only quarterback who's had it worse than Justin Fields in the league this year. Well, I think he's been reanimated, like the movie Reanimator starring Jeffrey He's Jones. weakened at Bernie's buffer football. <laughs> Their defense isn't bad, and they have they have the cheetah. They have Tyreek Hill, which is going to be interesting how he gets covered because he can he can blaze a trail. But if the Bears can create pressure, which they proved today they can't, um, maybe on defense, as far as defense is concerned, they can do some damage on defense. So I think what I'm saying is I think the Bears win 23-21. to 21. Against Miami? Yes. Hmm. They had a very tough go against uh, the Detroit Lions today, who are without a doubt the worst football team next to Las Vegas in the National Pretty football bad. League. I'm saying you're going to see 27-17. This is going to be a little bit closer to what we saw against the Patriots. Okay. 10 point, 10 point victory for the Bears? I'm going to say yeah. Okay. It's not going to be 33-14. No, no. Because uh, the Miami Dolphins do have more answers than questions right now. But I'm saying 27-17. Confidently. I, mean, I, I think if they level two out, let's say let's let's say two gets hurt, doesn't play the rest of the game. I think Teddy Bridgewater, who was their backup, I think he's hurt too. So I don't know who their backup to the backup is. It's N slash A. <laughs> they just won't play with the quarterback. It's every, every play is going to be Wildcat. It's custom player one. I mean, why the hell not if you can make it work? I mean, that's what they did in the past. So, yeah, I think I think you just take the little bit of uh, stretch for the next two to three weeks of teams that are not great. They've got Miami next week, Detroit, yeah, and then some third team. Now... <laughs> The commentators today were saying that their easiest game might be in five weeks against Green Bay right before the bye. And that's not a bad summation of things either. Because Green Bay is playing fucking terrible football right now. And I don't see that likely to change. They're they're injury riddled. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is within his feelings. He has no idea how to quarterback when he doesn't (laughs) get the ref calls. We've seen that three games in a row now. It's, yeah. It's, um, uh, for the record, it's... Dolphins, Lions, at Atlanta, at New York Jets, and then Green Bay for the Atlanta line. just had to squeak one out against Carolina, who <laughs> had, had a last-second Hail Mary touchdown pass that only didn't win the game for them because uh, DJ Cook? DJ Moore. DJ, DJ Moore, Moore took his helmet off during the celebration and cost them 15 yards during the ensuing point after. And former Bear Eddie Pinheiro whiffed it. Oh, and not by much. No, he certainly didn't. But yeah, they yeah the Panthers they stepped on their own foot on that one, and that's the only reason the Falcons won a football game. That's that's very true. That's so. a shitty team. That's a Marcus Mariota led half ass squad that happens to have Cordero Patterson, who is one of my favorite players. Cordero, if you're listening, phone in, tell us what you think. I I I, <laughs> I think too. Atlanta's a team just like the Bears right now. They're kind of breaking down to try to rebuild up. You know, they trade away Matt Ryan. They kept Marcus Mariota. They're trying to draft for the future and be a better team later as opposed to being a better team today. Um, granted, they did win. But, yeah, I, I just think, you know, uh, 
I just think that uh, you, you have two similar teams. I think we have. I think the Bears have, in my opinion, I think they have the head coach advantage. I do. I, I will have to say, I am very impressed. Eight games in, I'm very impressed with Matt Eberflus. There's some things that you're going to question. No one's perfect. Even Belichick has those questionable moments. I like the way the team plays. And a lot of people question the whole, the hits principle, the get your track shoes on, all the whole effort-based thing. I like the way he's got the team playing. If you watch the if you watch the speech from last week, uh, post game when he you know he gives a victory speech to the guys in the locker room, it, it's a lot of teaching. He, he's 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 letting these guys know that the hard work that they do does pay off, and it can count to wins. And the players are responding to him, and I think that matters. I really do. I think a lot of people were really you know we really loved. That 12 and 4 Matt Nagy season, the flash, the club dub, that was fun. That was a good, especially after three years of John Fox and everything sucked, you know. And then right before that, hey, everything worked in practice, how booted. I'm just not sure what happened. <laughs> old Mark, the field. yeah, old man Mark Tressman, who I think is actually somehow younger than John Fox, but it doesn't matter. Uh, John Fox was 94 years old when he took that team. <laughs> I just, again, I like the way that. I like the way that Coach Eberflus is is teaching these young guys, these new guys, like, hey, this is the mentality that we expect from you week in and week out. And it shows. They don't give up on themselves. Granted, you give up 50 today, look, that's a way better team than the Cowboys. But at no point in any of the games all season have you ever felt, except for now that the offense is getting better, now you really feel like they're not going to be out of games. It's not like those old teams where they needed like an interception and a, and a and, you know like a like a pick six, a fumble return from the defense to put them back in the game. You can get a turnover and the offense has plays, has an idea what they want to do to move the ball down the field. We we're, we've been seeing that the last few weeks. It can work. They're making it work with what they have. Imagine if they get better players in here and get a better you know who are even better than what they have right now. Imagine if. Right. And they're also not a team that is reminiscent of the 06 team where they had to rely on turnovers. The, the run game's getting stronger. And the, the way they draw up plays, you can picture an RPO pass play working every now and again. And I think eventually going for the big, the huge field stretching pass that usually goes for a touchdown on first and 10, they've tried it so many times it has to work. Right, and I mean, at least they're not shying away from it over and over again. A lot of bad teams would shy away from plays that, you know, are high-risk plays. And I think right now, I think Matt Eberflus has proven with his coaching staff that they're willing to take those shots regardless of the down and regardless of what, you know, a, a, a team that is not as talented just like they are, you know, maybe a team that's not as good. They're still saying, "Hey, you know what? We believe in the we believe in what our players have been doing. We believe in what they've done well in practice. They've earned the chance to make a home run hit right here." You know what I mean? I like it. I like the way it's been going. So, yeah, a lot of people can harp on what's not. You're good. seeing it work with the Giants, right? I mean, yeah. Look at the Giants, man. They're 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 interesting. That's an interesting. That's a good pull, actually. They're Just, a six and one team right now. Right. They got a play tonight, and they got Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? So, you know, get rid of that idea of conservatism and this and that. I mean, that, look, every NFL coach worth his salt is conservative in one sense or the other. The 
the thing is, it's just I like the way they're building it. You know what I mean? It's going to be built for the future. And so I think that's the best thing you can take away from today's game against the Cowboys is that yeah, it didn't work today, but in a year if they play the Cowboys again and the Bears build it better and they're coached you know, better, maybe they beat the Cowboys pretty good. And but not a, right now. Not right today. And no. that's something as a fan we have to keep in mind is that they are a team in a rebuild. Right. Just keep saying you that. You reminded me a couple times while we were watching, and yeah. then the announcers reminded us in the third quarter because I was getting kind of heated, you, especially you at, got, after that field jump. I was ready to go outside yeah. and just like punch a garbage can or something. Yeah. But but instead, you punch your neighbor, and everything's fine. He had it coming. Yeah. It's true. Randy, if you're listening, suck shit. He needs to learn how to close his mailbox after he gets his mail. Right, it yeah, just looks you're lazy. You're probably a Packers fan anyway. <laughs> See uh, the way you hobble around the yard. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, like we really, if you listen to this whole show, you don't need final thoughts. No, but for sure. This team is beating Miami next week. This is not a team that, that this is not a team in crisisunity right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't shy away from being down they don't shy away from losing you know they don't shy away from you know something not working you know what i mean even if play doesn't work they come right back they do it again they execute in a different way so i think that's the best thing you can take away from today's, from today's game um and for that that was the nico and chris bears post game wrap-up podcast show featuring nico and chris that was nico that was chris make sure to follow the show at nc bears cast on Instagram and on Twitter, and uh, look for us on your favorite podcast players because we're out there, baby. Including Spotify, which is literally so easy to find as soon as you type in Nico and C. That is the first show that pops up. Right, it does. And I if mean, you're a Bears fan, you have literally no excuse. In fact, you cannot call yourself a Bears fan if you are not listening to this show. It's true. Frankly, I'm sick of all of you. Spotify is also teamed up with our podcast hosting site, Anchor. So, I mean, right there, we're right there, baby. You know, we're next door neighbors. We're like Anchor Laverne. slash Spotify dot Nico and Chris. It's like Laverne and Shirley when they both open the door in the opening theme and they meet up in the middle. That's Anchor and Spotify. But for uh, our show. But that show's based in Wisconsin, so. That's true. Eat shit. Laverne and Shirley. It doesn't matter. Off. I've got tickets to go see Alice Cooper anyways, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you mean Amelia Walke? Eh? Uh, yeah, which is Algonquin for the good land. That's right. This guy know how to party or what? <laughs> All right, bear down. Nico, bear down. I forgot to say Chris, bear down, but, well, yeah, bear down. We get it.